In this time of upheaval, OT professionals are navigating an ever-changing maze of legislation, reimbursement, and practice delivery models. But this week's article calls us to refocus on navigating our profession's most important relationship of all, our partnership with our clients. This week's research pushes us to think through our changing relationships with our clients, and it calls us to think about these relationships in terms we might not be accustomed to thinking about when we're at work, such as trust and vulnerability. This article was published in 2015, as more and more patients were beginning to access health-related information online. This change in patients' behavior in turn began to shift the traditional patient-healthcare provider relationship. The findings feel even more relevant today, as concerns about the coronavirus have created a situation where it seems like absolutely everyone has made looking up health-related information a daily ritual. We can only imagine how this practice is going to change the face of healthcare. But luckily, this article provides insight into how focusing on this new set of values can help guide us through this time and possibly help usher us into a new future. So let's dive in. Welcome to the OT Potential Podcast, where each week we discuss one influential OT-related journal article. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Lyon, OTRL. And this week, we are looking at the journal article, eHealth, Participatory Medicine and Ethical Care, a focus group study of patients and healthcare providers' use of health-related internet information. This article came to us from the Journal of Medical Internet Research. It was published in 2015, and the article ranks 72nd on our list of the 100 most influential OT-related journal articles. We're going a little bit out of order on our list as we're going to be kind of bouncing around the next couple weeks and hitting articles uh, that specifically help us think about occupational therapy care in this time when so many of us have moved our lives um, largely online. So let's start with just a brief orientation to e-health and participatory medicine. When I first read this title, the terms definitely felt new to me, um, but I promise that these are concepts that you are definitely familiar with, even if the uh, wording might be new. So let's start with e-health. E-health is a very broad concept that is used to describe the use of information and communication technologies in health and health related fields. This could literally range from just Googling a diagnosis to telehealth. But this paper focuses on a specific subset of e-health, which is accessing health-related internet information. Uh, This is basically when patients and healthcare providers turn to the internet for health information. And this relatively new access to this large shared resource of health-related information on the internet has really sped the creation of something called participatory medicine, which was one of those other terms that we heard in the title of this article. And participatory medicine is simply when a patient takes a much more active role in their care than they have been able to do historically. And I think we're at the place where we kind of take this for granted that patients have all this information um, and it's much more of a partnership, but this really upends centuries and centuries of how medicine was carried out. 
And something we've been maybe slow to wrap our minds around and really articulate is how this switch to participatory medicine really changes the base ethics of healthcare and the values that are helpful to patients and healthcare providers as they're delivering care. When we think of healthcare ethics, we often think of the Hippocratic Oath and this really old set of values like the value of do no harm. But this old set of ethics was best suited for this bygone era of medicine where patients would passively come to their healthcare providers to do something to them to help fix the problem. But now in this new participatory medicine model, our care is much more relationship-based, it's much more complex, and our ethics and our values need to start shifting to reflect that, which leads us to this paper. So what was the main research question that the authors were looking at? Through a focus group, the researchers wanted to explore how health-related internet information influenced the healthcare provider and patient relationship. Particularly, they wanted to know what new challenges have been created and what values are useful for helping to navigate these challenges. The focus groups that they put together consisted of 14 healthcare providers, including occupational therapists, and 18 patients. All of the patients self-reported a diagnosis of arthritis and at least one other health condition. And to structure these focus groups, the participants were divided into seven smaller groups who met for around two hours and participated in a guided discussion uh, with some of the authors of this research. And the main framework of discussion was based around these four questions. First, what type of e-health and devices do you use? Second, what sort of things do you use e-health for? Third, how does e-health influence what you do regarding your health condition? That question was for patients or practice, which was directed at providers, including your interaction with your patients or providers. And fourth, what do you see as the benefits and drawbacks of e-health? The discussion from these sessions was transcribed, and then the research searched for themes to emerge um, from the discussion, and then they went back and coded the transcriptions according to these themes that they saw emerging. So what were the results of the study? Both the patients and providers found that health-related internet information prompted more interactive and negotiated communication as opposed to an older model of care where providers bestowed knowledge on passive patients. But this new model was creating new tensions that the researchers coded according to three themes. The first was changing roles. Patients were feeling the need to prepare more beforehand to have productive visits. They felt they needed to understand their situation better and what questions to ask before they even went to their visit so that the visit could be more of an active discussion. Um, and this just felt like a big shift in responsibility to the patient for managing their care more actively. The second theme that the researchers highlight was partnerships. Through the discussion, both patients and providers felt like a healthy patient-provider relationship was much more of a partnership, where trust emerged as a key value. 
Uh, particularly, this trust was helped by the vulnerability to share when providers would encounter questions that they simply didn't know the answer to. And same would go with sharing from the patients, that the patients were hopefully more forthright in what parts of the treatment simply weren't working for them, uh, whether that was medication or maybe that they just weren't making the progress that they hoped to. And then the third thing was just broadly the tensions and burdens of this new era. The amount of information out there is just so massive. So for both patients and providers, they really felt the burden of sifting through it and verifying it and just all the time that that took. And then also just this dilemma that there are some patients who are really probably really well positioned to take this really active role in their care and devote all this time. Um, But there are some patients who that is very hard for. And are we putting too much responsibility on those patients or just how do we navigate that discrepancy? So let's turn to what the authors concluded and discussed from this research. Um, I want to qualify this by saying that there was just a ton of really rich, in-depth discussion in this article. And if this topic is interesting to you, I definitely encourage you just to read it in its entirety because I found it a really enjoyable read. But here's my overall summary of the conclusion and discussion. There is just no doubt that the patient and provider relationship is changing. And the authors contended that a relational ethic offers a framework and values to help navigate this complexity. While the term relational ethics sounds complicated, the values that make up this ethics are really familiar to us. And these values include trust, mutuality, responsibility, honesty, and vulnerability. And these were some of the values that the authors just heard in these discussions about this changing relationship. They contend that these values help us build relationships of mutual respect and reciprocity that involve sharing knowledge, providing support, and recognizing vulnerabilities. And all of this leads us to the ultimate goal of shared decision-making and patient-centered care. And that even though these new relationships are really complex, there's a lot of tensions inherent in them, that these age-old values do go a long way in helping us navigate these new relationships. So what were my takeaways for OT practitioners from this research? Um, As always, these are just my own personal musings, and they're really just meant to get your wheels turning. They weren't mentioned specifically in the article. I had two takeaways, and my first is simply that OTs are perfectly positioned to be these much-needed, relationship-focused healthcare providers. When I was reading the values that were talked about in this article that I just uh, mentioned previously, I just kept thinking about how OTs already embody these values. Our profession draws highly emotionally intelligent practitioners, and the research just seems to be telling us again and again how needed this skill set of emotional intelligence is in healthcare today. So no matter where you find yourself in your occupational therapy career, I want you to just know that your skill set is valuable and that you have just an amazing potential to make a difference in the lives of your patients. My second takeaway was that this article really prompted me to shift my thinking from how can we survive this COVID crisis to how can we strengthen our relationships with our clients at this time? 
our patients are feeling overwhelmed and uncertain right now, um, just like many of us are. And so this is an oddly unique time to focus on strengthening our relationships with our patients and leaning into these values that I mentioned above um, of trust, of vulnerability, of mutuality. And yes, right now there is a reality where we need to continue to advocate for our profession and in many cases rework our business models. But at the heart of all this advocacy should be this focus on maintaining strong relationships with our clients and just serving them through this shared decision-making process and client-centered care that we as occupational therapy practitioners were already striving to deliver. Um, And now that we just see more and more backed up by the research. Okay, that is all that I have for you this week. As a reminder, the OT Potential Podcast is an extension of the OT Potential Club. And the OT Potential Club is our online version of this journal club. This is where we actually discuss in forums the research and most importantly, how this research actually plays out in your practice. I'll be really curious to hear from all of you what new tensions you are feeling in your relationship with your clients and also how this unprecedented time has helped you just build stronger relationships with some of your clients. So I really look forward to discussing that with many of you. But for everyone listening, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today. And as always, I hope this podcast helps you deliver great care this week.